Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Welcome in Jaguars Drive Time. It is Thursday morning getting ready for a big game against the Indianapolis Colts. A division matchup coming here this weekend. Traveling to Indy on Saturday and coming off a big win against the Buffalo Bills. There's some positivity around here. Some pep in your step. That happens step, when you win. If you will. Yeah, that happens when you win. Yes, but it only lasts a week. So well, you got to do it again. And it, what's been interesting is, and we heard this on Sunday in the post game, and then yesterday, the head coach talked about getting his team right back to work mm-hmm. as opposed to you know, having to shut it down for the bye week and then try to pick it back up and go to Seattle. So I, I'm interested to see, and, and momentum is so fleeting, especially in professional football, but I'm interested to see how this team responds early on to a Colts team that's coming off a 10-day layoff, and they, I mean, they just beat up on the Jets. So it's a distinct challenge. These guys have some momentum. Let's see what they do with it. Yeah. Got to back it up. Yes, you I mean, do. It's, and it, it is a... Uh, I'd say a rare opportunity for a team that has not been very good with the Jaguars to have lost 20 in a row to now all of a sudden beat two legitimate teams back-to-back. I don't know when the last time they beat two teams that came into the game believing they were going to the playoffs. And the Colts still do believe that, and it's legitimate. If the Colts Mm. win, they're 5-5, and and they're back in it. that's beating two teams where it matters, and that's uh. You'd have to go back to 2017 when they did that. Yeah, and I guess they did, but the schedule, you know, I'm assuming they did. Yeah. But it's been that long since you felt legitimate victories back to back for this team, so we'll see. Big well, opportunity. I don't think they're going to do it, but I hope <laughs> they do it. Well, no, because I think I Colts are, it, are a brutal matchup. Absolutely. Because of their balance. And, but and it just let's the quip. It was just so matter of fact. I, it, just to answer the question, the last time they won back-to-back games was the last two weeks of October, week seven and week eight of 2019. So it's been just over two years since so we've, long ago. we've seen that. And, and John's right. It, distinct challenge against a team that is surging. But let's get to big things. Now, Nettie Negative thinks they're going to play well. Nettie Negative, okay. I think they're going to play well, but I, you know. You know, we got a lot of time. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Big thing one is James on a first name basis here on Jaguars Drive Time. James, as in Robinson, he's most consistent offensive performer and the key to opening things up on the offense this week. Robinson will keep the Colts' attention, which should allow a receiver, maybe a tight end like Dan Arnold, to get open somewhere further up the field. This guy is key. He did not practice yesterday, so we'll see what happens with getting him back on the field this week. Big thing two is Josh. As in Allen, he's been unstoppable the past couple of games. The Jaguars are going to have to disrupt the Indianapolis Colts offense that is running for 137 yards per game. And Josh Allen is a big part of that. He has to keep it going. And this defense has to continue to keep playing as one unit. Every level, everyone's kind of, you know, doing their job. I would definitely say the back end, they're, they're kind of finding their way. They're finding exactly the coverages that work best for the people that's on the field. And um, it's been working a lot. Rushing coverage has been working very well. And the interior push, it helps me and Josh as well. We're going to make them step up all day. So if we have that interior push, it's going to be a lot of sacks out there. Big thing three is plus two, as in takeaways. The Jaguars won the turnover battle for the first time this season and beat the Buffalo Bills. Extra possessions, short fields, all good things for quarterback Trevor Lawrence. But the key is you have to do something with those extra possessions. And this offense needs to get going early. 
when we have an opportunity, just making the play. You know, we had even towards. I know we were really bad on third down this past week, and um, I know I had two plays at the end where I'm still kicking myself. Like I said after the game, I could have hit two of those, and those would have you know put the nail in the coffin. So those plays we got to hit. You know, we had some other ones throughout the game that were there that we didn't make for whatever reason. Um, everything goes together. You know, it's up front. It's in the backfield. You know, communication. It's you know. Me and the wideouts be on the same page, all that, and we just gotta we gotta get better and um, obviously be more efficient. There you have it. That is big things. Let's go back up to big thing one, which is James Robinson and hopefully able to play this week, and that's key. You need him to play because we just heard from Trevor Lawrence. This team isn't getting enough big plays. They aren't converting enough third downs. You need James Robinson on the field. Well, let me give you a different way to look at it. Uh, when the Jaguars used to go and play Peyton Manning's Colts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, the mid-2000s. They knew they had to run the ball to keep Peyton Manning on the sideline. When they were competitive in those games, it was Fred Taylor and then Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew who were keeping Manning there watching, right? They didn't often win those games up there, but they were able to keep them close because they could run the ball. Mm -hmm. You want to keep the ball out of Jonathan Taylor's hands or Michael Pittman's hands. Those guys are game-changing players. The best way to do it is to go back to James Robinson and Carlos Hyde, who had a couple of nice runs last week, and be able to, I don't know, play Princeton, if you remember the Princeton-Georgetown game from the NCAA tournament. Do you remember that one? I'm sure Ashlyn remembers that game. No, I'm asking you. (laughs) I'm looking at you. Uh, Yes, I I do. She wasn't even born, right? Right. You slow it down. Yes, I recall. You slow it down. You limit the number of possessions. You score when you can, and you try to keep it from Carson Wentz and that offense. That's why James Robinson is so important. Yes, you'd like a 60-yard run or four touchdowns, but if he can just help dictate the tempo, that can be enough. Well, I'm concerned. He, he didn't practice yesterday. Um, Urban Meyer sounds very optimistic, and there's no question that Urban Meyer believes in this kid and believes in his toughness. Uh, he couldn't play on Sunday. He hasn't practiced legitimately since then. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think today is a huge day for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hate to keep harping on the receivers with nothing deep, but it, that's so overwhelming that I just don't really believe that they're going to be able to be consistent offensively without James Robinson on the field. It's not that Carlos Hyde can't do it. It's just that James Robinson, once every quarter, will pop it outside and get extra. They need something extra from this offense right now. You know, I went and looked at Michael Pittman a little bit, and he's averaging 13.1 yards per reception, which, by the way, is but that's not game-breaking, right? Mm -hmm. When Jimmy Smith was a game-breaking receiver, he was at 17.6. That's only two yards more per reception than Marvin Jones. And yet the distinction between where those two guys are, right, the the difference is Jonathan Taylor, Mm -hmm. right? Jonathan Taylor's runs set up passes that are manageable and then Michael Pittman goes and beats guys to the football mm-hmm. I mean he's tremendous great you, equation I try to use the math where I can the point that I'm making is is that John, uh, James Robinson can make LaVisca Chenault mm-hmm. and Marvin Jones and Laquan Treadwell and John Brown if he gets on the I mean any of these guys he can make them much much better it's remarkable that we're talking about a guy who was undrafted a year ago right right being that, the key to a game right yeah. but but he is because that guy can set up one-on-one pass opportunities, and guys like Marvin Jones and LaVisca can make something happen. But it, it, it's on him. It they is. need him. They need his particular, even peculiar blend of size and quickness and suddenness. And he's, he's different. He's tough to describe. Even if he doesn't set anything up on the outside, uh, 
I believe most of their successful drives at this point of the season, from the end of the season on, are going to be plotting drives. I don't say it as an insult, but they're going to be drives that go 10 to 14 plays, and mm-hmm. they're going to go 70 yards. Well, Robinson needs to be in the game to have those kind of drives successfully because he sets up short yardage. He sets up manageable. Once a drive, I mean, once they drive on a series like that, he is going to make a run where you say, oh, well, I didn't think he was going to get the first down, but he squeezed it out. Yeah. He's got to play for this offense to be successful when it's playing that style, which I think right now is the only style they can play. Mm-hmm. Now, the flip is if we go to plus two, and I think I said this on Monday, but it bears repeating. The Titans were overmatched, in a sense, when they went out to Los Angeles because the Rams had this explosive offense and they were scoring at a prodigious rate. And yet it was the takeaways, right? The interception that set up the touchdown, the pick six in the first half that buried the Rams and all of a sudden made them one-dimensional. This team was able to win on Sunday, even though they were mismatched because of the takeaways. Mm -hmm. If the Jaguars do anything well on Sunday, man, take the ball away. Let that be a bunch thing where they come in bunches back to back to back to back weeks. The Jaguars' ability to win some ball games in this very difficult stretch, to me, is on their ability to take the ball away and then, of course, be in the positive category, meaning you don't give it away. Yeah. yeah the problem have is, son, what's the problem? Colts are the best in the league at taking the ball away. Dead. But last week, last week, the best team was the Bills. Yeah. Right? Last week, they had the most takeaways. Take that, negative Nelly. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Last week, the Bills came in with uh, you know 18 takeaways, mm-hmm. and this week, it's the Colts with, I think, 20. So you've done it's it. It's been done before. And while we're at it, the Bills came in averaging 36 points over their last four games, and the Colts come in averaging 35 points. I mean, the similarities are there. Here's the difference. I think the Bills looked at the Jaguars and said, looked at the Seattle performance in, in particular and said, we got this one. Right. Yeah. The Colts will not do that. They can't. They will not. Their head coach remembers what happened here on opening day last year. Mm -hmm. And the Colts are a team that has a chance because I don't think the Titans can keep it going. Not like they did. Has a chance to get close to the Titans and maybe make a run depending on how they do. Yeah. A team that needs a win. So they're they're very, very motivated for sure. So you're going to have to take the ball away and play your best. And we will see what happens. We'll have more about that Colts game coming up. Lara Overton from Colts.com joins us after this break. Stay with us on the Jaguars Digital Network. This segment of Jaguars Drive Time has been brought to you by Lexus of Jacksonville and Lexus of Orange Park, members of the Fields Auto Group. We're back, Jaguars. Drive time, getting ready for a divisional matchup on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. And no better to come on this show than Lara Overton, who is Colts.com reporter and producer. Thank you for waking up somewhat early for us. Thanks for having me on. It's great to get to see you guys and preview this awesome divisional matchup. Colts certainly excited to be back at home after getting that mini bye week following the win over the Jets on Thursday night. Love it. And yes, tell me about this offense. We've been talking about Jonathan Taylor and how the Jaguars defense really needs to bring their A game with this running back. What is this offense looking like right now and what are they doing well? Well, and it's not only Jonathan Taylor. You have to put Naheem Hines in that conversation as well. Certainly, Jonathan Taylor is leading that group. He is your bell cow. But it was all set up in that Thursday night game by that initial touchdown. Naheem Hines, it was a career long touchdown for him. But You mentioned this rushing attack, the two-headed monster that they have, led by Jonathan Taylor and then in complement with Naeem Hines. 260 rushing yards on Thursday night, most by any team this season. And I think what is 
likely more impressive is it's 8.6 yards per carry, which is the most in single game franchise history coming off of that Thursday night game. We're starting to see such effective dominant production for Jonathan Taylor and you know a lot of yards after contact as well. That's one of the things where in his sophomore year, Jonathan Taylor has developed not only in his speed, but also in his power, his breakaway ability, and his ability to take tacklers with him. He is an absolute powerhouse in this run game. We're seeing him run with confidence. We're also seeing a much healthier offensive line. This was an offensive line that had a lot of injury issues early on in this season. We had the best, most positive um, injury report that we've seen. Braden Smith was on that injury report. Um, he did not practice on Wednesday, but head coach Frank Reich said that he is optimistic that you could have Braden Smith back, but it's been a really great loca uh, rotation. You've had a lot of depth on that offensive line, and you're starting to see those guys get confident playing next to one another as they have worked in Chris Reed alongside Mark Lewinsky in that spot as well. And then you've had Matt Pryor as well over there on the outside when Braden Smith has not been available. Good morning, Laura. Uh, you know, this defense that you have, they're very talented and obviously great at taking the ball away. But I just get the sense, reading between the lines, listening to some interviews, that there's a greater expectation for this unit. Tell me what the overall sentiment in Indianapolis is about this Colts defense. Well, they've certainly been vulnerable in the secondary. That's one of the ways that we have seen teams really exploit this defense. They're fantastic in takeaways. I heard you guys note that. They, of course, had two takeaways on Thursday night. They lead the league in forced turnovers with 20. They have 77 points off turnovers as well. So that's been one of the things that has been imperative is this offense being able to capitalize on those takeaway opportunities when your defense has been able to force them. But when you give up 30 points to a New York Jets team who's playing with their third string quarterback, there is some concern there with how this team has lacked the ability to close out games and be dominant in the second half. When you look at those losses, the, the loss on Monday night to Baltimore in which you had a 19-point lead. Like, yes, it's Lamar Jackson and that, you know, explosive dynamic offense that they had. A 14-point uh, lead that you had at home against Tennessee Titans that you allowed to evaporate. Those are some concerns with how this defense has lacked that, what they call a killer instinct. That's in their own words, that they have needed to cultivate a killer instinct and dominate the second half of games. We've seen it in certain opportunities. You look back to Sunday night football playing the Niners. That was the most complete game we saw from this defense of the entire season. And part of your concerns with that secondary come down to injuries at the safety position. Kari Willis is currently on IR, so you will not have him. And then Julian Blackman, Torres Achilles in practice, he's out for the year. So it has been by committee effort with Anderson Dejo and George Odom in that safety spot. One encouraging note for the Indianapolis Colts defense is you could get TJ Carey back off of IR. There's a possibility that he could return to practice this week. And he is a very versatile, valuable piece of that group. He can play corner. He can play in the nickel. He can play safety for you. So he could be one of those options that you have to reinforce that group. You've also had Isaiah Rogers, second-year guy who has stepped up behind Xavier Rhodes because Xavier Rhodes has been battling a calf, uh, calf injury for the majority of the season. It limited him early on. He was out in periods of that game against New York Jets over on the sidelines getting treatment. He's battled through a lot this season to make himself available when he can be, but been a lot of young guys who have stepped up at that position group.
Laura Carson Wentz, obviously the huge story in the offseason. Uh, how has he been? Has he been what they hoped? Absolutely. I think he certainly, I mean, he came off of that Thursday night game, uh, career high in passer rating. And I think when you look to the second quarter, now into the third quarter of the season, as Carson Wentz has gotten healthier, you know, those ankle sprains, you know, one on each ankle, not just one, but we had dual, dual, um, ankle sprains coming out of that game against the Rams. And when you look to the difference in when Carson Wentz played the Titans in Nashville versus his playing, you know, at home against the Titans, you saw much greater mobility. Of course, you, you, he would love to have those interceptions back. Those were just the absolute killer in that second game against the Tennessee Titans. It was a must win opportunity for the Colts, but his mobility has certainly increased. He's getting much more comfortable behind this offensive line and he's gaining confidence in his receivers. One of the most impressive things I saw on Thursday night was not just, of course, your rushing attack, but the way he spread the ball around. You had touchdowns to Michael Pittman Jr., Jack Doyle, a touchdown to the offensive lineman, Danny Pinter as well. And when you look back to that impressive win over the Niners, when Carson was throwing the ball much more so than anyone anticipated due to those adverse conditions that they were playing in, you know, an atmospheric river storm, he was asked about what made him so confident to be able to throw the ball when everyone was thinking they're just going to pound it, they're just going to run the game and he, run the ball uh, the entirety of that game. And he said, have you seen the guys that I'm throwing to? Namely, Michael Pittman Jr., has, who has exploded you know, as a number one wideout for this Indianapolis Colts offense, one that has not had the availability that they would have liked to have seen from T.Y. Hilton due to multiple injury issues. Uh, T.Y. did practice in a limited capacity yesterday. He's coming off of a concussion. So he is trending upward where he could be available for this divisional game on Sunday. But I do think Carson Wentz has certainly met expectations or exceeded them aside from just a couple of, you know, those errant throws that he would have liked to have back when you point to, um, you know, the Rams game and that loss to the Tennessee Titans. But overall, the production that you've gotten from him, I think has been exceptional. And you are starting to see, I mean, you know, this offense scoring 30 plus points in four consecutive games. And that's really encouraging for what you needed to see, what you hoped to see in this reunion of Frank Reich and Carson Wentz. I think he's going to continue um, progressing. I do not think we have seen the best football yet from Carson Wentz. Well, Jaguars defensive end Josh Allen said we have to pressure Carson Wentz if we want a chance to win. This is a big game against the Colts and Jaguars. And Lara, thank you so much for breaking it down for us. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much, guys. Look forward to having you in Indy this weekend. Yes, we will see you there this weekend when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some he will, he won't, he might here on the Jaguars Digital Network. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time, and it's time for He Will, He Won't, He Might, getting ready for Sunday's game against the Colts, presented by Move Day. Three players we have our eyes on, and Brian, you're up first. I'll go with the tight end, Dan Arnold. Uh, He'll be the leading receiver. I think he might be the leading receiver in terms of targets the rest of the way. Clearly, he and Trevor Lawrence have formed a strong working relationship. Uh, Trevor indicated that yesterday. Um, You know, he won't, he won't get down the field and and make a 55-yard play. I mean, that's just, even though Trevor said yesterday, he's deceptively quick, he's got length, he can make things happen. Um, The play we saw last week is about the limit of it, I think. Um, But he might be the guy that gets you two touchdowns and keeps it close because if you can get into the red zone, 
and they haven't been able to really exploit this yet, he's got great length and can go up and bring the ball down. And uh, Laura mentioned that they had some issues in the secondary. Mm -hmm. There might be some mismatch opportunities. So uh, perhaps he's a guy who can keep you in the game. I like it. I uh, I went with Rudy Ford. Uh, Rudy Ford will, I believe, be the nickel or the safety, the extra defensive back the rest of the season. He did that very well. Uh, his speed, his ability to make plays, I think, surprised coaches. This was not a guy they brought in to necessarily be the nickel back. But in searching for answers, give the coaches credit here. They have gone around this year and solved problems with the personnel at hand. Uh, so, uh, again, credit to the defensive coaches for putting him in the game. Uh, he won't be overwhelmed by this. He, uh, he's a guy, he's been waiting three or four years for this opportunity. Uh, it's a rare story to have a guy who is purely a special teams guy. I asked him this when I talked to him yesterday for a feature that's running on Jaguars.com. Um, usually, special teams guys go to new teams. And the storyline is always, well, I'm more than a special teams guy. You heard it a million times. Sure. Mm -hmm. And as a reporter, I kind of roll my eyes and say, well, you're probably a special teams guy because that's what they hired you for. This guy has transcended that, and that's a rare thing. It's pretty cool. Uh, he might wind up being the difference for this secondary going forward. It's not a coincidence that this defense has played its best stretches of football since he's been in the game. They love his speed back there. They need speed in the defensive backfield. Credit to him for taking advantage of an opportunity. And Ashlyn, read more about him on Jaguars.com. Oh, I will be there, and I will that's read what, that. That's what they call a little teaser in the business, right? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned website. that one, John. I have. And yes, you're talking about Rudy Ford and how the secondary is starting to figure it out. Dewan Smoot, who is my he will, he won't, he might mention that yesterday in his press conference, that he feels like this defense is finally playing as one unit together. So Smoot is coming off a game with three tackles and one sack. He will have another sack this week. He proved his playing time, a player that has really grown here in Jacksonville. He will be on the stat sheet again because they need him to play well. He won't ever be the household name, the star player, the franchise guy. And that's okay because teams need guys like Dewan Smoot on their roster, who is super reliable, has been here a couple of years, and has really grown into his role. So that's okay. He doesn't have to be that guy. He might be one of the main reasons the Jaguars would be able to upset the Indianapolis Colts. He spoke yesterday about having to pressure Carson Wentz. That is key in this game on Sunday. He might be one of the main reasons the Jaguars get a, get a win. He also, Schlin, might, oh, no, here we go. might, just might, be the guest on the Ozone podcast. This is this week. just your self-plug really show? It, it really is. It's, it's called uh, Shameless Self-Promotion yeah. by John Osier. He's written a book. I don't know if you've, um, you've ever seen it. I haven't. You want to plug the book, too? <laughs> By, by the way, Dewan Smoot is a great example of a third-round pick. He is. Uh, a, a guy that needs a little bit of development and then can become a player for you. Um, not a star, as you mentioned, but... Uh, a guy you need. Well, a guy that you see on the field every play. He's doing something in a positive fashion. Yes, He's one he of the is. most remarkable stories on this team, yeah. and that's why you should listen to what, Schlen? The, the Ozone, Ozone Podcast. Podcast. It's free on <laughs> Jaguars.com. It, it is free. <laughs> and that is He Will, He Won't, He Might, presented by Move Day. Move Day is Jacksonville's most dependable and caring local moving company. Move Day is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a free instant quote, call 844-MY-MOVE-DAY or visit MoveDayMovers.com. We'll be back.
Hard Rock Sportsbook must be 21 and physically present in Florida to wager. Concerned about gambling? Please call 1-800-522-4700. Presenting sponsor of the Jaguars Digital Network. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time, predicting Monday's headlines today after a game against the Indianapolis Colts in Indy. What will the headline be on Monday, Brian? Uh, it'll be hashtag finish strong. Hashtag. Uh, well, I always say pound sign. I know. Uh, the- <laughs> I didn't want to break it up. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, but if you remember a couple years ago when Chuck Pagano was their coach and got cancer, uh, it was Chuck Strong, and they kind of started that trend. So in a nod to the Colts and Chuck Pagano, who's one of the really good guys in, in the coaching circuit, uh, finish strong. I think the Jaguars will go and play well. Uh, I don't know that they've got enough. Not if you're scoring nine points, can I say you're going to go up there and beat a team that's averaging 35. Um, but I think they'll play well, and I think we'll be talking about a strong finish with eight games left, and the schedule looking ahead is an opportunity for them to play well and finish strong. Yeah, I agree. Mine is looking with a little apostrophe. Looking. Not I-N-G, but a little I-N apostrophe. Looking legit. I think they're going to look better. Uh I think this is going to be a game, and I fear for this team it'll be the first of a few where they play well defensively, they do okay offensively, and they just don't have the firepower to get over the hump against a really good team. I see 21-16, something Mm -hmm. like that, where you just can't quite get the points because of what they know is a lack of explosiveness. But I do think this defense, if they hold the Colts 21 or under, they'll feel good about it. I think you will feel good about the direction of this team after you look at what, the last 10 quarters, I think that's what you'll feel out of this, but I'm not sure you'll feel a victory. I like that. I'm thinking not there yet, and it's very similar to you guys. They'll play well. I think the disorganization and the penalties and all the the craziness that we saw in Seattle, it seems to be we've gotten past that. Playing well, competitive, but yeah, you can't go and predict that you're going to beat the Colts. Remember, the goal for this season was to finish the season, you know, upward. with the arrow yes. pointing up. And we're going upward. And, and, and well, we, we've seen this the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and with a challenging schedule in front of them, now it's going to take some work. But I think that we will be talking like this. Yeah. You know what would be yeah. awesome? What would be awesome if, is if we're sitting here on Monday with egg on our face and Marvin Jones and LaVisca have both caught a 65-yard pass. Because they came close a couple of times the other day, remember. It would be cool if they just stuck it in our face on the receiver thing. That would be because awesome. Because we're all emphasizing God, I'm so it. tired of I'm, talking about it. I'm sure they're tired of talking <laughs> about it. It's, it. it's there a couple of times close. If this is the weekend that happens, then maybe they pull it out. Yeah, okay. I like that. But yeah, that has to happen. And we're going to have an egg on our face? She's never heard that term. She no. had never heard of the Georgetown-Princeton uh, game in 89 either. In 89? What a great game. One of the great games of all time. I should go back and watch it. NCAA, Princeton. (laughs) Go Princeton. Go Tigers. Oh, goodness. And that is Jaguars Drive Time. Thank you for tuning in to our lovely program. We'll be back on Monday. Stay tuned to Jaguars.com for all of your game coverage. We'll see you then.